Nice. Father's movies. I'm Vito. I'm Mike. I'm JP. And JP here is joining us. Thank you very much for joining us, by the way. Oh, you're you're welcome. Uh, we're JP's here because Jesse's out for the next couple of weeks, um, doing some family stuff. You know, taking some time. But in his absence, what we decided to do is something really crazy that we wanted to do for a long time. I've wanted to do for a long time. Uh, we're doing Maximum Cage. Maximum Cage. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, three movies that we have chosen that are going to chart the career and growth of Nicolas Cage as an actor. Um, three specifically chosen ones with three really fun guests. JP is here to do Moonstruck. Very excited about this one. I'm, I'm so excited about this one. I, I did not pick this, but I was just enthralled and delighted when Mike told me we were doing Moonstruck. And I, you could say I was Moonstruck <laughs> by the notion of doing this with you guys tonight. The moon brings the man to the podcast. Yeah. You could say. You, you could say that. <laughs> I, yeah. have to, I have to say, I'm when, when when Mike and I were talking about these movies and we laid them out, um, no spoilers for what's next week until the end of this episode. You're going to have to listen to this movie. Mm. But when we were talking about this and I, I pitched Moonstruck, Mike's like, great. What is that? Uh, <laughs> and I was really shocked that in, in our pool of collaborators that, that we work with, we love working with, uh, there was someone that's like, yeah, I love Moonstruck. <laughs> I love Moonstruck. That's I amazing. Moonstruck. I, yeah. Yeah, and and you know it's it's interesting because I didn't know anything about this movie at all, uh, and then my uh, my my wife my wife now we were we were dating at the time she said let's watch Moonstruck and I thought okay I guess I have to sit through yet another movie to keep this going <laughs> keep this dating thing going you know, uh, another sacrifice I make. Um, <laughs> Oh, another rom-com. Oh. <laughs> but then I found out it was Cher and Nick Cage doing a movie about Italian-Americans. And I thought, wow, those are three things I love all rolled into one. <laughs> and sure enough, it, yep, delivered. It's amazing. Yep. Cher enough, even. You're really punny today. <laughs> you too, buddy. <laughs> no, thank you, though. So you can keep it all. You can keep all it right. all. I'm happy with it. Um, but we'll be getting into that more as we talk about uh, some of the early days of Nick Cage. But before we do that, um, new segment that Jesse, even though he's not here, we're still doing it. It's a great segment. I uh, introduced a little bit ago. It's the What Have We slash Our Kids Been Watching. Um, I'll just go real quick. Uh, I finally caught up with Come On, Come On, which I believe was Mike's second favorite movie of 2021. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I did really enjoy it. I thought it was I thought it was a sensitive, pretty moving portrayal of uh, of a family in hard time, um, trying to keep going and trying to, to lift each other up. Um, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was very good. And uh, maybe we'll have some, another chance to talk more in depth um, maybe when Jesse's seen it. Yeah, that'd um, be fun. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah. Um, but for now, that that is a recommend for me too. I mean, if it was Mike's number two, you should always watch it. But really, Doug, come on, come on. Um, and then uh, for all of us, uh, me and my family, we all watched Paddington. Have you seen Paddington, JP? I think so. It's, yeah. been, it's been a while. The bear eats the marmalade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping it was that and not, <laughs> something else I wasn't aware of. Yeah, it was, it's just some, like, some it, slasher film. It's the Paddington it. Court Case. I mean, yeah. It's just the most legendary yeah. court case. Yeah. Uh, the Paddington Killer. Yeah, yeah I mean, was, yeah. <laughs> he beat them to death with marmalade jokes. <laughs> uh, no, this is a charming movie. Like, this is also, this is, this is a stay tuned for, for sure. We're cool. going to get around to this one, I think. Um, it was a joy to show to my kid. And my wife and I really dug it. It was not a, a tough time. I was actually sad when it was over. Wow. I wanted more. I was laughing. That's amazing. Teared up briefly. Uh, really good movie. Really. I, I can't wait to watch the second one. Um, yeah, that, that's what we've been watching, though. Uh, Mike, what have you watch? Well, <clears throat> my kids are still um, obsessed with Bluey, uh, as are we. It's really fun. So <laughs> I'm not going to talk any more about it other than to say it's We'll just keep checking back really in every fun. couple months, you know? We're going to still be watching Bluey. <laughs> Um, it, uh, last weekend, so I get together with a friend of mine to watch like esoteric movies and stuff that like no one really wants to watch. Um, and, uh, we tried out a movie called, uh, the dog who wouldn't be quiet, mm. um, which is on movie. Um, and it sounds Tell me it's about interesting. It's, you know, Half of it, it's it's like leading up to a really interesting movie, and then it's not. And like, sure, maybe that's on purpose, but <laughs> that's not a good excuse. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Not well, a recommend. What's it about, though? One so, well, it's black and white. It came okay. out in 2021. So I'm okay. continuing my quest of watching every black and white movie that came out in 2021. You're, you're, three, uh, you're three in I'm, so far, I'm right? three for three, I guess. Nice. Yeah. At least. Um, well, I'll get to Tragedy Macbeth soon enough. Yeah, we'll get there soon. Um, but it's about like this guy who has a dog and it's kind of about capitalism. And, <laughs> like it's kind of about a bunch of things and just like a life. But then there's a global pandemic. Oh, relatable content. Yeah, oh. very relatable content. I don't know if it was made before there was a pandemic. I started trying to look that up, but you know, it just. That would really that would really change things, I think, if it was just just oddly like making a movie about a global pandemic, you know, five minutes before there was one. Pressure. Yeah. Like, nobody like knew. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was. I think it actually was. But I don't know. It, which is like interesting. Yeah. Um, it seems like you're struggling like, to like get in, like interested in like, even like the movie's this. like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting sort of like if you don't have anything to do for an hour 45, like here's something that'll make you wish it was an hour 30. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a poll quote. Put that right on the right of the DVD cover. <laughs> Woof. Okay. So the, the, uh, that's the dog who wouldn't be quiet on movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, you, did you watch something else you liked? Uh, well, I don't know. I don't think I've talked about this yet, but a couple of weeks back, uh, I watched Encanto with the kids, and that was a blast. It was a great recommendation from you and Jesse, um, and I highly recommend it as well. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's going to be one of those weird ones where, like, since all of our kids are watching it so much, like, it's going to be really foundational for them. Yeah. And it's weird for me to envision, like, Encanto, which is a perfectly wonderful, like, beautiful little movie, but I... I wouldn't necessarily call like great. Yeah. But they're going to remember this. Like 10 years from now, we'll have like some like very important conversation with our kids and they'll be like, yeah, it's like Bruno. Yeah. Like, like, like what? What? <laughs> <laughs> this must be how our parents thought of like the Lion King. Yeah. You know, they're like, well, that's a good, it's a fun movie Whatever. about the lions. I don't know. Yeah. It's funny though, like that song, We Don't Talk About Bruno, has topped the, has beaten uh, Let It Go. Yeah. Um, on the charts. Which, 
it's such a strange thing. Like, okay, yeah. okay, just real quick. Okay, so we don't talk about Bruno. Is it's a really story centric song. Like a name of a character is in the song, and it's about that character and why the family doesn't talk to that character anymore. Okay, talk about that character. Yeah. Well, the context is really important for that song. Like, and what I'm trying to say is that, can you feel the love tonight from The Lion King? Plays without watching The Lion King. Right. Makes sense. Let it go. Don't need the movie to understand what that song is talking about. It doesn't reference the movie at all, right? Um, but we don't talk about Bruno. It's like. <laughs> You need to know all of the parts of this this story in order to understand this song. Yeah. It, it's as if, like, a deep cut off Hamilton was all of a sudden, like, number one. <laughs> yeah. like, what? what? <laughs> I think Lin-Manuel Miranda is kind of like, what? Why, that, that one? Well. Yeah. Because yeah. I think there's a couple in there that I, I don't know. I, I, I probably would have put above that one. But, hey, it's a good movie. It's a good song. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they've been liking it. That's in Canada. Yeah. Um, JP, you, your kids are not watching it. Uh, not, not yet, but... Sounds like uh, sounds like maybe they should get on the train. Yeah, I just get on. So yeah, what my my kids? I uh, actually just took them recently to uh, I, to the movies for the first time. It's amazing. Yeah, it was so cool. it was a uh, yeah it was it was a real uh, it was a real dad moment. You know, yeah. I, was, I was I was like wow here we are right and and uh, and took them to see uh, Spider Man No Way Home. I okay look for a first time movie. Yeah. I think you might have set the bar too high. Like, <laughs> they are never going to get that high again. I know. I know. <laughs> Did their brains just explode at like the size and the story? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, it was. It was. Gosh, it, it was great. And, and they were. They were just so. They were so into it. And and there's especially with that movie too. It was the the Sam Raimi characters coming back, and it mm-hmm. just felt like such a full circle moment of like. Who are the characters I watched as a kid, mm-hmm. and now I'm watching them again in this new movie with my kids. Like, wow! Right? That's it was. Really it was. Yeah. It was. It was. It was really. It was really something. And uh, although the the highlight for me um, was was when I asked my my almost five year old daughter uh, which of the three Spider Mans was her favorite, mm-hmm. and after you know a, a little back and forth trying to figure out which one she was referring to it, it turned out she was her favorite was andrew garfield oh yeah and so i asked her okay oh, why why was that and her reply was without missing a beat because he was the best looking one oh. <laughs> and i said all right and i have a daughter yeah, yeah, she's growing up. But that sensitive one, that one's hot. <laughs> <laughs> the one in touch with the emotions. <laughs> so, that might be yeah. good, though, because I think he's, uh, as portrayed in the movie, he has, like, he's a really big arc, you know? Mm-hmm. He gets mm-hmm. to, like, kind of come back to himself. But yeah. It's not that bad of a... Yeah, and and on, honestly, I there the moment that that kind of almost brought tears to my eyes was, was where he... he uh, what was the name? The Tom Holland Spider Man misses misses MJ. catching MJ and and out of out of nowhere. And when he misses catching her, I'm like immediately my prime brain goes, Andrew Garfield's coming in. He's nice. coming in. And then boom, cut right to him. I was like, oh man, what? And 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 I mean, you know, as we all know, he he's just an actually great actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and when he lands and and you see and you see the emotion on his face, it was it was just a flawless, you know, yeah. flawless delivery. You're like, oh. Yeah, and you, you felt all the feels come back yeah. from that from that last uh, amazing Spider-Man too. Yeah, 
yeah, just having having that. He that made the closure. catch. He made the catch. Having that closure, yeah. As yeah. as a uh, as past guest and future guest Chris would say, he comes in clutch with the catch. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That that's that's great. Uh, what a great memory to have. Yeah, yeah. Good for you, man. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. What you been watching? Anything else? Uh. Yeah. Uh. The the recent. I think season four is the the most recent season of uh, Cobra Kai. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Strike first. Strike hard. No mercy. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you have it memorized. You know you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm doing my doing my karate moves as I'm watching right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's you know they they've done so so well with that with that uh series. I, you know I obviously you know I, I watched watched the first Karate Kid movie, you know, countless times. The, the second one, you know, enough times. I, I think the second one's great. Um, yeah. Is it the third one with Hilary Swank or is that the second one? That, the, that's the fourth one. That's the fourth one. Yeah, that's, that's the next Karate Kid. And so, uh, the, but then there's also a, a Karate Kid 3 with, with uh, uh, Daniel still in it. And and so those those two, the Karate Kid 3 and, and the next Karate Kid, I remember, I remember I must have been five or something. I must have seen them each once. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, and you know, whatever. I right? yeah. haven't seen him since, right? And and uh, and with this this new season of, of Cobra Kai coming out, they bring back the the villain, um, and from from Karate Kid Three. Oh, and 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 he's amazing. He's amazing. Like he's he's the best. He's the best one yet. He's the best villain yet. And and I go, gosh, I guess I have to go back and watch that now. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> context, context. But but they they do a good job of, of you don't really need the context, but to, to enjoy the enjoy it, yeah uh but it's it's great and, and and but i think the thing that's really really good with with this with this show is is they they're very honest with themselves about how how daniel larusso is just he's kind of obnoxious mm. i mean he just kind of is and like and like johnny lawrence like kind of got a, a raw deal in that first movie and and so with with the first season of cobra kai they, they, they do it's a great montage where they they show all the all the highlights of um, the first Karate Kid, but but told from the perspective of Johnny Lawrence. Oh, nice! And you're like, man, Daniel was a jerk, <laughs> like, you know. And it's it's such does such a great job of just setting the tone of like, of, of, and and so how these guys end up starting to form a, a strained uh, friendship throughout and start working together, and and uh, it's just it's just really good how how that that. Um, yeah, how they how they play off each other in this in this show, yeah. That, that's interesting. Yeah, I I guess I uh I think I saw the first Karate Kid and I obviously saw the one with Hilary Swank. Um just mm-hmm. remember which one it was. Yeah, yeah. But like Karate Kid was never a big deal for me uh, growing up, even though I saw it at least once. Probably probably more because it's on TV like constantly. Right. Uh, but I was amazed when they announced the Cobra Kai show, because I was like, well, no one's gonna watch that. And then Everyone watched it, yeah. and it just made me go like, "Wow, we!" I was on the outside of popular culture. Like everyone loves Karate Kid. Yeah. It's like, wait, how many movies are there? Yeah. And now we're on like it's it's been renewed for like a fifth season, yep. right? Yep, this fifth season. Yeah, that's it. That's like what is it like five movies in five seasons? That's yeah. incredible. It's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because there's there's yeah another. Oh, and that's the other thing I noticed with uh, Will Smith is executive producing the. Oh. The, the Cobra Kai show because he did that that reboot with his kid with with, with uh, Jaden Smith was starred in the in the yeah. reboot yeah and and uh, so that was that was interesting to me yeah that's weird so so Will Smith really loves this yeah yeah wow. okay yeah. it's cool I feel like I'm missing out on a cultural moment I need to decide if if I'm interested enough to try because that's that's a that's a steep that's a steep ask for time <laughs> I, I watched the entire uh, entire first season in in one evening 
Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Are they 20-minute episodes? Yeah, I think the first season is it's like 30-minute, 35-minute episodes. And it, it was it was It was like it was like watching, you know, like a, a three-hour movie or something. It wasn't, oh, okay. it wasn't that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. You see, yeah, keep, keep it short like that. But it's it's so like it's so well written and fast paced and you're just like yeah it's got you. Oh, What's next? Yeah. What's next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, awesome. So that's that's Cobra Kai uh, fourth season. Yeah, yeah. On Netflix. On Netflix. All right, so we're getting into our movie here. Talk about Moonstruck from 1987. Moonstruck. So uh, what we're gonna start doing here is we're gonna start having a little bit shorter episodes uh, for the time being. Hopefully you guys like that. Um, if you don't like it, if you do like it, let us know. Uh, Talk to us on our Instagram, talk to us on our Twitter, on our Facebook, email us, notyourfathersmovies at gmail.com. Go to our website, nyfmovies.com, um, and let us know as we try out this new episode thing. And a new thing we're trying out is we're going to really tighten up the cast and crew segment, because that's where we noticed that sometimes we go on for like half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said we are going to have a shorter episode before yeah. we've had the shorter episode. We yes. don't know yet. Oh, it'll be shorter. shorter I'm just going to cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> Mid-sentence. We're going to lose some content, all right? <laughs> um, but, uh, so this is Moonstruck comes to us, uh, directed by Norman Jewison, um, won Academy Awards for In the Heat of the Night, Fiddler on the Roof, and this, crazy enough, um, is also known for the Thomas Crown Affair and the Hurricane. Uh, I think we'll definitely be checking back in with him for almost all those movies. Um, <laughs> those are fantastic. Uh, but it's written by John Patrick Shanley, who's mostly known as an off-Broadway, uh, playwright, but he has won a Pulitzer Prize, uh, for Doubt. He's also an Academy oh. Award-winning screenwriter, um, he got the Pulitzer and the Tony for Doubt. He got the Academy Award for this. Um, and he was nominated for Doubt, which he directed. Um, he's, done, he's done a couple of the... I mean, he, did, he wrote and directed Joe vs. the Volcano, the Tom Hanks movie uh, back in the early 90s. And he, like, skips around. He has a weird career. Interesting. Yeah, I don't really under... I, don't, I can't really get a beat Joe on Joe versus the Volcano? Yeah. I've never even heard of this. Oh, you haven't? I haven't. Oh, it's it's one of the other Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan movies. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Have it's, you it's heard good. of this? No. It's good. No, not at all. Try no. it out, man. Really... I don't believe you. Joe, I don't believe it exists. Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> yeah. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Yeah. Sounds great. It's like it's like the one that no one talks about because it's it's kind of weird. It's, not, it's yeah. from the guy that made this. It's, it's a little not, weird. Not, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's not You've Got Mail. Just to be nope. clear. It's not like an alternate title nope. for You've Got yeah. Mail. Nope. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Huh. All right. Okay. Try it. Try it. Right. But I mean, so it's like John Patrick Shanley has like this mode. Right, where he's writing like a really fun, really quirky, weird, off-the-wall romantic comedy. And then doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Those are his two lanes. <laughs> oh man. Uh maybe we'll cover that one someday soon. I love yeah. doubt. Um but this is starring uh Cher, Nicolas Cage, Vincent Gardina, and Olympia Dukakis with Danny Aiello. Um this movie received six Academy Award nominations. It won Best Pick. Uh sorry, it was nominated for Best Pick, Director and Supporting Actor, and it won for Actress, Supporting Actress, and Screenplay. Yeah, so maybe we just go around the horn here since you're our esteemed guest. Like, what were your first impressions of this? Like, what do you think about it now? Like, where are you at? Yeah, well, I I guess my my first uh, impression was what is what is Nick Cage doing in an Italian movie? Mm-hmm. Um, just just with the with the title card, right? I'm like, what is going on here? Uh, and and this was before I I realized you know Nick's uh Nick's family and, and I, I'll, yeah I'll let you expound on that but yeah that was that was a surprise to me right and but he, he fits right in right and so that that was cool and yeah just a lot I, I guess my my overall impression of the movie is is it was just it just felt so real 
right? Mm-hmm. So authentic, so real. Um, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not Italian, but I um, I think all of my all of my family were were turn of the century immigrants. So I really like I just I really love these Italian American movies, right? Looking at that 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 kind of immigrant close family close knit family kind of thing. Um, and it just, I don't know, I, I really, I love it because it kind of, it reminds me of some of the stories I would hear from, you know, the Irish side of my family, for example, right. or whatever, right? And so, and, and yeah, and, and so this, this was just like, yeah, it, it, it was that, right? And, and, and you know, their, their, the, the, the Catholicism of, of their family just, just permeates the, the casual conversations, you know, it just, it comes up in the, in the arguments and you're just like, yeah, it just feels real. It just feels real. It's kind of like the the uh, elephant in the room um, when certain characters are sleeping with other characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and right, and 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 that's and that's done and that's done in a in a really uh, a humorous way, but also in in a, in a very believable way. Awesome. Uh, so, Mike, this is your first time. Yeah. What was your first time like? Oh, it was with the movie, great. please. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. No. I. I. When we were talking about what what we were gonna do um, while Jesse was out, we were batting around a few different ideas, and then we were like, "Hey, you know what? You started this whole podcasting because you wanted to do Maximum Cage. Yeah. What if we started doing Maximum Cage? You're like, yes, Moonstruck is the first one. I was like, okay. I'm okay with that. That sounds like a great time. I'm a good collaborator. That was weird. Uh, sure. It was a very forceful Moonstruck. Um, and uh, and so my wife and I watched it a few nights ago, and we loved it. We had a great time. She'd never seen it before either. Very good. Um, so it was fun to to watch a rom-com by choice, my choice. We've actually done that a few times this year already. Good for you. Which is weird. Um, I've seen some of those puzzling letterbox ones, and I'm like, who's... Who's this that did this? <laughs> Mike Logsman is like, where did this? Why is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So that's uh, that was my first impression. It was so great. Like Cher was amazing. Uh, Nick Cage was incredible. It was just it was so Italian and it was so New York <laughs> and like the dogs and the grandpa and the family and the love and it was wonderful. Everything I look for in a romantic comedy. I kind of figured that when I when I suggested it, though, I, I was really hoping that you loved it because, yeah. like, to me, it had the earmarks of something that you would. And I was yeah. like, I really hope this one lands. Otherwise, I have no idea what Mike's taste is. <laughs> well, you know my taste. No, okay, good. Share Nicholas Cage together in 1987. Yeah, only then. Yeah, before before the the new teeth and before the the absence of chest hair. Really need all that Nick Cage chest hair. Um, it's actually funny. Those are both talking about Nicolas Cage, yes, by the way. Yes. N- not Cher. No, I, don't, I didn't notice any chest hair on Cher, but I can't say. Uh, the first time I said, what? We're going everywhere. It's Nick Cage. What do you want? <laughs> what about you? When um, did you first see Moonstruck? Actually, last January. <laughs> like, okay. I saw, it, I saw it a year and a week ago for the first time. Um, it was one of those, it was, it was dark and by California standards, cold out. And we just wanted a nice movie. It was like to watch. 52 degrees. I know. Frigid. <laughs> we had our blankets on. <laughs> the blankets were sufficient, it turns out, but it was still nippy. It was a little warm with the heater also. <laughs> I opened a window at a certain point. <laughs> 
Um, no, but we just wanted to watch it then. And you know, my wife is from the East Coast, and I know she misses it a lot. And so it was kind of fun to go back and for me to like watch it through her eyes, you know, and, and the, the stuff that she grew up most familiar with. But you know, the, the sprawl of New York City is something that I've only I've seen in real life for one awesome day, and then otherwise it's just from movies. And it was fun seeing a New York that was really pedestrian, you know? Yeah. Like just houses. Houses and people trying to get along with each other in this huge space. No one really wants it. Just you just kind of ignore each other. Uh and it was it was beautiful. I was really taken by it, really struck by it because I I thought that I wouldn't like it. Um and I was also just surprised, like John Patrick Shanley, who I'd known from Doubt because I love Doubt. I love Doubt a lot. And then there's this rom com he made, you know, 20 years prior to Doubt. And you're like, why though? <laughs> why did he yeah. do that? And I know why. It's beautiful. Um, I really love this movie. And I, I wanted to talk about it in, in, in terms of the Nick Cage of our series because, so Nick, he starts out, he doesn't want to be known as a Coppola. He changes his name to Cage, right? And he just wants to make it on talent alone. And so he gets, a, he gets an early break working for his uncle in a couple of his movies, like Rumblefish. But then he, he gets Valley Girl, right? Where he plays the romantic lead for that Romeo Juliet jukebox musical kind of story. And he's really good, but he's weird. He's really weird. And he's got these teeth that are bad. And he's got this strange chest hair and he has this odd posture. But he's still really good looking, kind of. You know, like he's kind of really good looking. Uh, in that way, though, that Hollywood really loves, right? Where it's just, he's, he, you can't stop looking at him. Uh, but he has this wild energy and as, as his career goes on, like as we'll talk about later in our other two movies, that energy is used for greater or lesser extent. And in this one, you really start to see it for kind of the first time. Like he does some yelling some good animated stuff in Valley Girl, but you can't tell if that's him or if that's the role. And with this, it's very clear that the manic energy is very important to how he views yeah. characters. Yeah. And he has to imbue them with a, with a madness because if they don't have madness, like he can't play the character almost like, or he's muted and a bad Nick and a muted right. Nick Cage is almost not good. Like you have to have, he has to have funnel his energy somewhere when he's off. You can tell like he just doesn't care about this, but it's something like pig. Right, mm. he does have a manic energy, but it's all—it's so controlled and internal. But you can almost like feel the ache inside of him. He just needs somewhere to put his intention, and in this one, it's in his wooden hand <laughs> that he gets to just throw around the screen at all times. Um, and I love that about this. That's why I wanted to talk about this first. Is like it's, it's so striking that he's going coming up like sharing scenes with Cher, who's like a global superstar. You know, twenty years his senior, and we got to yeah. sell this thing, yeah, and they yeah, and like. Yeah. They actually, uh, in the movie, when they were making it, they wanted someone else to play the Nick Cage role. They didn't want Cage. They didn't like him. Oh, that's right, yeah. And she eventually threatened to, to quit the movie unless they casted Cage because she wanted the Cage energy. Because she is so kind of quiet and restrained. You know, she needs the the, the wild animalistic that's, nature. That's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. That That is really what, what made that work so well. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a great script and I think it would have worked for anyone else, but, yeah. um, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of stage bound, right? It's very much like a play. Right, right. Absolutely. Especially and, that, that last scene. Yeah. 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 Everyone coming in, into the right, dining. Right. That, yeah. was, that was classic. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just wanted to talk about it. So thank you for letting me ramble. That's why yeah. This, yeah. this is the first time that we see that Nick Cage is a man that is vibrating at a frequency that no one else is on, <laughs> but we really like watching it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Let's get sharing the screen. Yes, I saw. Thank yes, Mike. You're a very generous collaborator by <laughs> sitting on that one until now. <laughs> just, just need to make sure we all oh, we all saw that one. Yes, yeah, yes. Good job, buddy. <laughs> um, maybe let's get into then. Let's get into some favorite scenes. Uh, Mike, 
Speaking of the wild Nick Cage energy, what's your favorite scene? I lost my hand! <laughs> I lost my pride! He has his hand! He has his bride! <laughs> Chrissy! <laughs> Bring me the big knife! So I can cut my throat with it! <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I mean, one more. What more do you want? That was, yeah. That was really good. That was, I was... I was not ready for that scene. <laughs> at all. I was like, oh, this is like kind of an understated movie. And like, is this a rom-com? It's kind of like... I don't like know I'm not really on board with Danny Aiello and them together. Yeah, like, that's yeah. kind of lame. Yeah, that's kind of... And, and uh, but then we start seeing Nick Cage like shoveling coal into the fire and just like brooding <laughs> from behind but we can't see that it's and then that just that scene just it's just amazing the reveal <laughs> the hand, <laughs> the hand. So great. <laughs> it was so great too because I, I i assume you, you were texting us in, in real time as you were watching this it was like it was like midnight or something i'm like i see the text coming i'm looking at it i'm like all right all right i'm gonna go back to sleep now but but yeah yeah I'm with you. I'm with you right now. It's amazing. Oh, man. It's, it's, a, it's also a wonderfully written scene, too, because it's, it's like, okay, the big thing is, like, the two brothers aren't talking, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Danny Aiello tells Cher, hey, if we're getting married in a month, you know, I got to go back to Palermo. My mother, she's dying, but we'll get married when I get back. Just need you to get this guy to come to the wedding. He's my brother, by the way. Bye. <laughs> right? You have a brother? Yeah. And... But then the whole thing that they can't be is that he blames his brother for him losing his hand, right? Yeah. It's a pretty flimsy excuse. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I was distracted. He distracted it, me on purpose. <laughs> so I would lose my <laughs> hand, and then my, my new wife would be horrified, and she would leave me to Belter. I thought it was going to be like 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 she had left yeah. him for the brother. Exactly. But then it just stops. Like, he stops the <laughs> sentence there. I'm like, no, we're going to come back to that. Yeah. We're going to come back, and we never come back. Nope. Yeah. I, but I like that, though. Like, I have lost this and this, and he is both of those. So like, <laughs> that guy. Like, <laughs> transitive property, you know? Uh, that's an incredible scene. Um, how, how about you, JP? What, what's your favorite? Uh, Cher, uh, yeah, Cher goes to confession, for sure. Nice. That's, that's it, that's, that's the one. Um, I mean, I mean really, really need I say more? I mean, it, it's a fantastic scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so this is like right after she she gives in to to Nick Cage, um, right. her her brother, her soon to be brother in law, and sleeps with him, mm. and he confesses his love. She slaps him. Yep. Snap out of it. Slap. Yep. Slap. And then leaves. Great. And like yep. in, in this torrent of guilt, yep. goes yep. to the church. Yep. And and it was, it was just it was just so so well uh, so well scripted and and you know well well acted. Well acted too. It was, I, I just it was so it was so funny how it how she she's bookending right that the the, <laughs> the the only reason why she's here right is the is the is the thing she says second right but she's bookending yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I took, took the Lord's name in vain uh, twice twice right um yeah I slept with my with yeah. my fiance's brother and and, and bounced a check I uh, <laughs> didn't really mean to do that uh, but. Well, then it's it, if it was an accident, it was not a sin. But what about that? What about that second one? <laughs> you ran that? past that one really quick. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> go, go back. Go back to that. Was, oh man, 
He's like, you're playing with fire. Like, don't do that. Yeah. And then, you know, she leaves. And then immediately her mother is like, I think your father's sleeping with somebody else. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her, her, her whole journey is, is she's having a really rough one. Yeah. This is, this is a rough couple of months. One month. This, yeah. this torrid, like coming from nothing, right? Like her boyfriend sucks. She has to like kind of coerce him to do the proposal. And then he doesn't want to be like involved. And then, and then the brother's throwing a wrench and everything. And then they reveal that her, her father is having an affair. And then her mother's like wondering if she should have an affair. <laughs> like no one's happy except for her aunt and uncle. They seem to be doing just fine. Yeah. They really like each other. Yeah. Such a beautiful scene. Yeah. 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 Wait. Vito, what's your favorite scene? Um, my favorite one is actually the, the walk home between Rose and Perry. Okay. Um, this is when the mother uh, is out to dinner yep. at the restaurant by herself because she's convinced that, that Cosmo, her husband, is cheating on her. And she sees this this guy um, played by uh, the guy from Frasier. Yep. his name. Yep. John Mahoney. Yep. Uh, and he, we've seen him a couple times in the movie. Um, he's always with a younger girl and the girl always throws water in his face. Yeah. <laughs> And it happens again. Everyone cheers, you know. <laughs> he makes some joke, and then uh, I don't know. She's kind of lonely, and she's like, "Hey, you know, can I sit with you and talk to you?" And they have a really interesting conversation because even though they're of similar ages, you can see how one is just significantly less mature than the other one, right? Like Rose has this lifetime of experience of being a mother and being a wife and being a good one at both too, and she's kind of feeling the waters out with this guy, just trying to figure out what's, what makes him tick. She wants companionship, but she doesn't want to cheat. She wants something from him, some sort of interchange, some exchange. And they have a walk home. And it was funny watching John Mahoney try all these tricks to try and get in the apartment, try and sleep with her. And how she just sees every single one of them coming and just deflects very easily and very nicely. You know, like he keeps going like, so cold down here, you know. (laughs) She's like, well, I'm going to go inside to my warm house, all right? And you're going to... You have a house? (laughs) live in a little apartment and like every every time he opens his mouth he just reveals why they shouldn't be together doing this and you can kind of see like i think i think that rose starts that scene with this question in her mind you know if he's cheating maybe i should cheat but she doesn't really want to she just doesn't want her husband to be cheating like that's actually in the end what she wants and i think it's in that scene that she works that out for herself so when they yeah. finally have the big moment at the breakfast table she just asks him that question you know am i a good wife yeah stop seeing her Done, right? And even he's like, you know what? That's fair. That's a good line of question. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And I, I found that the maturity of that really striking because in, in a lesser movie, I think that both those scenes, that final resolution to their arc would have been a lot messier. Yeah. They're bigger. Or she would have cheated on him. And then yeah. like there would have been a reveal that it's like, oh, you cheated on the, that guy was actually this person's wife or husband, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you get something stupid and cheesy like that. But in, the, in reality, this is kind of just how these things go. It feels authentic to Sorry, I, I took a lot of air. What, no, do, what no. do you guys think? Yeah. yeah, I agree. I thought that was beautiful. That scene was was really wonderful. And and like you're wondering the whole time, like this seems like this wonderful lady. Is she really gonna gonna do this? And like she won't feel happy. And and then she doesn't. And that feels really good. Yeah, it feels good. And I, I like it that, that the grandpa sees yeah. too. Yeah, the grandpa. grandpa oh, yeah. 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 And then when the, again when she's at the breakfast table and the grandma's like, mm, you know. Yeah. And like, but, what's but, got a name? It's like he has an idea in his mind, you know. But, but even yeah. that, right? And, and it's, it's funny as that was though. Even that, like, had purpose in the story because that gave the grandpa the impetus to finally like tell off his son, right? Mm-hmm. It says your house, your house is is 
in chaos or whatever he says something yeah. like that right yeah. and 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 it was only because right he had this this idea in his mind what the, what the wife was doing that he that he finally had the courage to tell off his son like hey like you need to pay for this wedding right? yeah yeah that's good kind of like pay for your sins a little bit yeah you know yeah. dude like also yeah. you're, like, you're kind of a shit dad <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then but then then you know then he starts weeping a few minutes later i'm confused yeah and that question like uh why do men chase women you know like that's that's the question that she keeps asking like why do men chase women i thought that that was a really interesting i don't know like mature sort of question for this movie to be wrestling with yeah um this is a weird movie in general i feel like because on the one hand it's like in like a funny comedy and on the other hand, it's like some really serious stuff. And it's like, because he's afraid of death. Yeah. Like that's what's going on with him here. Um, and that's such an interesting answer to that question too, yeah. because I've gone back and forth on that question and I forgot the answer um, when I watched the movie the second yeah, time. Yeah. Right. And so when she asked the question, I was honestly really puzzled. Why? Why? Yeah. Why? And I was trying to like make sense of it in my head beyond the obvious reasons, because like, I don't think that he would have that reasoning. I mean, he's an older man early 60s right cosmo mm-hmm. so so like a carnal desire isn't necessarily the number one reason why would you you already have someone at home you know that you have an entire life with why would you try and throw that away for somebody else yeah and it's it's a fascinating question like the question of why do people cheat right it's, yeah. it's tied into that um so the original title for this movie i believe was the bride and the wolf um oh well yeah which i feel like they had to kind of do away with because the Two on the face, right? Yeah, Two yeah. on the nose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But the role of the men in this movie is is very predatory, right? Or 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 it's useless, right? Like um, the Danny Aiello, the brother. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I couldn't classify him as predator. He's useless, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Nick, Although he is kind of like, like he's the reason why he's going to get married to Cher is because his mom's dying. Yeah. He's like, well, I need a mother. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So there's a certain mm. amount of like predatory. I don't oh. Maybe parasitic there we relationship. Go. Right, there. right. That's more what no, it is, no. I guess. He needs huh. a host to feed off of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we got uh, we got Cosmo, who who is very selfish, um, very much out for himself. And you, you get the sense that he was a better man, right? The way that the way that the I guess it's his brother, right? Uh brother in law. That and so it's his sister. Or the her sister. What's the family relation? It's Cosmo. And Wait, Rose. no, it's it's her brother. Her brother. The wife. Rose's like, brother. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then Shira's mom's brother and Shira's mom's brother's wife. Yeah, I don't remember their names. Yeah, but you, right. but you get this sense, like from the, all the stories that they told, that Cosmo used to be like a real idealist. Yeah. Um, a real romantic. Yeah. Like yeah. standing in front of the house, in the full moon out. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not that man anymore, right? This yeah. man, this man has got the sales pitch of the pipes. You know, just so he can convince anyone to do it for him, and, and you kind of just wonder what I what I wondered at the end of this was was I, I wondered number one what happened before right to bring everyone to this, or I guess what everyone would would ask in their lives if you come to mm-hmm. such a juncture, what what brought us here? But the yeah. second thing I think that is a little bit more interesting that I'd like to talk about is um, what's what's the role of the moon here? So the movie's called Moonstruck. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's built around the moon. The central framing device is. The story about Cosmo's moon yeah. and how the moon is doing all this stuff to people because the story is taking place over one month. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about the waning and the waxing, right? Yeah. But like, 
is that is that just a way that the movie is 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 framing time, or is that a way? What is what is the moon about? Like, what's the symbology here? Yeah. Is that is that too heady a question? No, no, that's yeah. That's a, that's a great question. I mean, it seemed like just to take take a quick stab at it. It seems like that's that's the uh, like you know the, the the Jurassic Park life finds a way motif, right? Mm-hmm. It seemed like that was kind of the an analogy to that going on here mm. where it's like in spite of like these these humans getting all wrapped up in their petty whatever's you know uh you know yeah this just it's like like a, a connection with each other yeah yeah or, or just kind of obsessing over their own problems and, and making up problems that don't ex- that shouldn't exist right and creating all this chaos and division amongst themselves here comes the moon this force of nature just being like boom nope sorry you're going to you you are going to to follow your nature actually, and you are going to love, um, and and so it seemed like that kind of external force of nature really kind of bringing things back into balance. Yeah, maybe that, maybe that's also tied in with uh, now that I'm, now that you're saying that it's making me think of that the image of the wolf. Like, does it necessarily have to be always predatory or connected? Well, no, no, no. Okay, that and that's what what uh, struck me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, nice. At, like why, yeah. More. So more. Give me more. It's like not even a pun. <laughs> We're just emphasizing words now. <laughs> I like emphasis. Uh, as as I was watching this for for the second time, I I I thought, oh, the the wolf and the moon, right? There's that that relationship, and how and how the wolf is just just always howling after the moon, and and, and, it's, and it's like this this image of like this. Um, unrequited love that just can't quite be grasped or something right. like that, right? But and so it, it it's you know very primal kind of thing, also, right? But but I, I just kind of off of what you're saying right now is is the idea of the wolf not necessarily being predatory, but there could be something um, noble about it or, or aspiring to something higher, right? Right. Well, yeah. Like 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 um, like the moon could also function as like the call of the soul towards something, yeah. Right, and then the wolf would be be ourselves like trying to rise to that call here i think a lot of the call is the call for love right yeah the need for love that's out there and maybe like because i was thinking here let me just okay so if we got we have the criterion collection of moonstruck <gasps> isn't that amazing that's on criterion isn't that that's crazy amazing. yeah but share is so clearly outlined by the moon right mm-hmm. if you look at this so share is the moon and nick cage is the wolf that yeah. makes a lot of sense Seems right now fact it seems so simple that i feel stupid uh, <laughs> well i mean it's the criterion you know artwork just kind of being that way, you know? here it is here it is isn't know? it easier yeah. but so then so then if we, we charlie well, but, but like right? the moon i don't know about that like the moon brings the man to the woman right they remember like that. that's that's the line yeah like the the dad or the grandfather says that a couple times right um so i don't know if like the woman is the moon or there's a couple things that are going on. Yeah. Why this is a confusing well, that's, question. That's possible too. Yeah. That's why it's a confusing question yeah. for me is because it seems like it, it changes based on the perspectives of, of the people that we're seeing in the story, right? Yeah. But doesn't it... Okay, so we've got like three couples that we're really looking at and one is Nick, Nicholas Cage and Cher. The other is Cher's mom and dad and the third is the um, happily married uh, in-laws. Yeah. Whatever. Which makes a lot Cher's of sense, right? Morning. Happily yeah. married unhappily married about to be married about right? to be unhappily one two married three not yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah yeah um 
And like the moon sort of acts as like it's kind of like the ex- explanation that they're using to to say like, well, this is this is why it's because of the moon. Mm-hmm. It's like we don't really know, but here's the moon, and that's what is, is the moon like like human nature. I think it's just like... Uh, is it urges? Is it I, instinct? I, I don't think it actually is anything, but it's like something that both, you know, can be used to say like, oh, you know, the moon brought us together and also the moon was brought here. Like Cosmo brought the moon. Right. Is what what uh, Cher's mom's brother thought. Like when, when he woke up years ago yeah. and, and stuff. So it's it's not... It's kind of like a fluid sort of thing. It's, I also like that, that, they, that they named Cosmo. Cosmos yeah. simply so they could say Cosmos Moon. Like yeah. that's... Like, <laughs> yeah. Someone felt very proud of themselves that day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I, I like that because I, I, I was really confused by it and and if, it, if there's so many different ways that it can be taken, that makes me feel better. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be, right? Like, symbolism, it, it's... Well, it's I like mean... Yeah, yeah, there's, no, I mean, I think that's right, and, and, yeah, just kind of throw another spin into it. I mean, there's, there, there's, uh, Nick Cage's very, uh, passionate speech there towards the end, um, talking about, right, co- contrasting kind of the, this, the perfection of the stars with the mm-hmm. imperfection of human beings, and, and, I, I don't know, if you, look, looking at it, looking at it with kind of a, um, you know, classical point of view or something right you you have the you have the you have the stars right being the, the fixed the fixed objects of the heavens you have right the us you know the people kind of very highly mobile on earth and you have the, the moon kind of being a kind of intermediary mm-hmm. between the two right um it's it's a heavenly body um but it also moves moves more than the, than the stars do right and yeah. so and yeah I, I wonder if there's if there's something like that going on there too where somehow the the, right, the the eternal love of the heavens is somehow brought to to mankind right. through the that almost sounds like Grecian or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and and I, yeah it's just I pick it up vibes like that especially like with with the opera scenes mm-hmm. right you, you really it really just kind of calls you out of your out of your uh temporary world here into something that feels very like especially know, considering right? that that opera right like the yeah. love OM, right it's about about the poor right <laughs> about the impoverished it's also known as rent if you don't know that <laughs> yikes but that that's what's kind of funny is that it's the, the elevation right of the human soul through something so so lowly yeah I don't know if I'd say Laboem was also known as Rent. I'd rather say Rent is also known as Laboem. But... I just really wanted to say that. Mostly for serfs, right? If you're out there listening, educate yourself. Um, um, no, but dude, okay, that scene though with uh, with with the uncle and the aunt in the bedroom, that was one of the sweetest, most beautiful scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Where he's just like awake and he's looking at the moon and she says, looking at you in the, in, in the light that way, you don't look like you're... Yeah, it was. I don't know, man. I don't think I've seen that in a movie, at least not in a long time. Just so sweet. Which, uh, which, which echoed that earlier scene in the uh, in the drugstore. Yeah, where having that the back and forth, and, yeah. and the woman's like, you know, I you're you're a wolf, and 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 you know, I I see a wolf in everybody, and I see a wolf in you, and <laughs> and all you know, I see in you. Uh, what's that? A girl I married. Yeah, all right. That was good. so yeah. sweet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Because, like, that guy most definitely did, you know, something. <laughs> yeah, you know? Right, 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 right. He did she look at her it. like a wolf. Yes. 
But I definitely stored that one away, though. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I got to remember that one. That's a good line. So, yeah. Don't watch this movie too much. <laughs> <laughs> that way she won't know, I'm saying. Yeah. It'll be like an original. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you do it. Also, don't record you making a plan of that. On the internet. Oh, I should have <laughs> learned that earlier. <laughs> giving away my best for free. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what's your favorite? That, I mean, sorry, what's the question that you wanted to talk about then since, I, since we got all high-minded with the moon? Yeah, dude, guys, is this the best rom-com ever? For my money, it's it's up there. Yeah. I mean, someday we'll do about time. Yeah. Someday. I mean, there's there's always Notting Hill. I haven't seen Notting I haven't Hill. seen Notting Hill either. <gasps> <gasps> Notting Hill. With that gasp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that, that was just to, to kind of, you know, recapture my initial reaction in watching this movie. <gasps> and yeah, that's uh that was that movie was like one of those ones you always scroll past because yeah. it's got kind of a weird like freeze frame on the, on the it's, DVD it's the cover. big yeah. it's the big Julia Roberts face yeah. and then the small guy walking past the Yeah, guy. who's yeah, Hugh Grant, yeah. Right. And it's and it's yeah. uh it's a little awkward and and uh but man, it's funny. Is it it's okay. funny and, okay. and like there it's it's both of them just like at the top of their game right. and it, it opens with a great Elvis Costello song oh, okay that's yeah a good point. Yeah, yeah it's it's good yeah yeah i like the stuff yeah. yeah um i mean there's so there's about time for me there's sleepless in seattle which i love yeah yeah, yeah. um mm. but i mean it's it's oh, up there oh oh while you were sleeping that's i've never true. seen a lot while you're sleeping oh man I'm, i haven't seen a lot of the sandy bees uh, yeah well well i'm a yeah i'm a big bill pullman guy i, I do mm. like bill pullman he's like yeah. you know what's the dad podcast i mean there's like there's like a 90s dad right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 it's true it's true you know i we've talked about it before mike um we talked about it with jesse and jesse if you're listening to this like this is this is reopening the conversation and when are we going to do not your father's romantic comedies like <laughs> this is reopening that maybe comedy. this is the year of not your father's romantic comedies we might do it yeah it sounds like we have a lot of candidates especially ones that we haven't seen which might be a lot of fun yeah and our our wives would really i think like that Depending on the ones we picked, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because, like, my my wife, I don't want to speak for her, but she'll hear this later on. Um, But she does like some romantic comedies, but hates it when when it feels pandered to. Yeah. She likes them when they're actually funny. They can't just be romantic and be cheesy. Like, it has to be genuinely funny, you know? My wife likes it, and I also like it when they're funny or when they're really bad. Like, Love Actually, like, it's really bad, Mm -hmm. right? I just turned that off. Yeah. Well, well, it was just, like, staring at the screen for a for. Just like trying to figure like, it out. Can't believe this exists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like like one that we enjoyed watching was like the proposition. Yeah, or is it the proposal? The proposal. Yeah, yeah. So the proposition right. is the western. Yes. That's right. That's right. Um, no, the, and that one's really funny. It is very funny and yeah. super cheesy and kind of dumb, yeah. but like a romantic comedy. But yes. okay, like this though, and I mean like okay, I'm I, when I ask, is this the best romantic comedy ever? You just wanted I'm to talk about a little comedies. hyperbolic. You just want to talk a little about hyperbolic. That. Yeah. There's a, there's there's a few really really good ones, really excellent romantic comedies. Of course but, there are. But how many of them have Cher and Nick Cage? Yeah. I mean, and the answer is zero. Yeah. And I mean, the way this movie like like wraps up is yeah. so perfect. It's almost like a Shakespeare play. Okay. Okay. Can yeah. we? Can, yeah, yeah. Can we talk about? Yeah. That let's get in. Okay. Yeah. And, and here's and here's like yeah, exactly. I agree with you there, especially right because because so many of the the romantic comedies have this. And this has just just always been the case. Like if you go back to the you go back to the Fred Astaire, Ginger Roger movies from the '30s, right? It's always they always have this problem where it's like any idiot could have 
work themselves out of this problem in two seconds if they just talk to each other. Right, right. Yeah. Right. And and this movie does not have this problem. And the reason why is because because most of the action only happens over the span of like a day and a half. Yeah. yeah. And and so it's it's very and, and so all the characters you're following them in their own lives, right? Because they're just doing their own thing, right? As people would do, right? And they're talking to their own friends and whatever. And the tension's building up because the characters are actually physically apart from each other. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you know, you know, that, that the, 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 mo the moments I hate, right? Where it's like, if you just let me explain, I will not let you explain. I'm going to fly off the handle and cut you out of my life forever, actually. And it's like, really? Like, nobody... I mean, one maybe, sentence would fix this. Yeah, one, one sentence. Yeah, yeah, like, like, just, just, if, and if they're not going to let you explain, just yell louder so they will hear you, and then it will be over with. But no, no, like, yeah, and so, but, but this doesn't have that problem, right? Just because people are physically not in the same room until that last, that last scene, right? Where at, at the breakfast table, finally and, everyone's together. Yeah, everyone's everyone's together, and guess what? It wraps up neat and tidy really quick, right? Yeah. The way it would when people talk to each other, right? So I thought it was great. Yeah. It does wrap up very tidily in a way that probably would only happen in a sort of play-like situation right. yeah, because, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the wife forgives the husband mm -hmm. and they're done. They're never going to talk about this again. And, uh, you know... Also, they're Italian. They're totally going to talk about this again. It's not right. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. And like, uh, Daniel comes back and he's like, I don't want to get married to you. Yep. And so that means that Nick Cage and Cher can get married. Now there's a much different, right? There's a much different thing between I'm okay with us not being together. And another thing where like, oh, it's cool if you marry my brother. Though. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yes. Very true. Um, but like, like everything, like it gets, it, it works out because there's a miracle. There's like a deus ex machina sort of thing going yeah. on, right? Where like the mother comes back to life. Yeah. And that means that Daniello doesn't have to get married. And yeah. the moon, like, made people love each other. And, yeah. you know, whatever. Full moon fever. Yeah, exactly. And and so, like, that's that's kind of like Midsummer's Night dreamy right. about it. You know, like, I don't know. And, and can we just talk for a quick second about about what had to have been improv? I mean, I mean, there's no way this was scripted, right? Nick Cage's reaction to finding out that his mother's still alive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the... the and, and the mumble there was just like I had to like replay it. I mean, what is he mumbling? And and so it was. Oh, your mother, your mother made a miraculous recovery. Oh, that's good. Mumble, mumble. Like what is he saying? <laughs> Rewind. We're not close, so I'm not really moved. But... <laughs> We're not close, so I'm not really moved. So he's just like old, shitting and crazy. Like, like, it's like, did he just say that? Like, it's just like no big deal. Like, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's clear. It's it's clear that they are setting themselves up for a a, a difficult future. Like yeah. together, yeah. <laughs> he, by all accounts and purposes, he likes to burn his bridges. <laughs> it, it is a knot that is very much undone for this moment and this moment only. Yeah. And if you continue going with the movie, things will get bad quick. But we don't have to. Yeah. We're, over. we're we're noping out at the beginning of Act Two of a three hour drama. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where we're at. Yeah. But I love being here because it's exactly in the in in the drama where you're like, oh, and things are gonna get shitty. Oh, no. <laughs> this exact thing is well, like right it's before like, you feel that way. It's like when Sonny dies in The Godfather. It's like, yeah. right, it's like the scene right after this one, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, Nick Cage, dude, like his he's just incredible yeah. in this movie. Like his his character is so wild. Yeah. yeah. And I I don't I don't understand. Like there's something really I don't understand how 
wonderful it is. Like, it's so wonderful, but why? Like, why is that? I'm sorry, I, I asked, this is my second question. Oh, no, it's, it's, it goes with JP's question. Yeah, it goes okay. with my oh, question. Yeah. I mean, you ask your question. Oh, I, yeah, I just, I mean, is, is Nick Cage, like, like the greatest actor, like, <laughs> of our time, of any time? I mean, since, since Marlon Brando, who was this? Somebody, somebody big recently said that. I, I was just reading up on this. I can't remember. I story. think a lot of people have said that. Like, I don't think that's a, that's a controversial opinion to have even that did he just like change the game more than anybody since yeah. marlon brando i mean that's just it, it's huge and i think there's actually a question i would like to ask thank you for asking it first and giving me this idea but um i think we should ask this for every one of these and i think we should talk about it in the context of the movie right so in the context of this this number one it's really funny to me that john patrick shanley gets the oscar for this the screenwriting right that's amazing because he's still so young in his career Meanwhile, Nick Cage, not even nominated. Not even nominated for this role. But he was nominated at the Golden Globes for Best Actor. But nothing here. You're nominating Cher, you're nominating her mom and her dad in the movie. That's but who gets nominated. Yeah. yeah. That's who she and her I mean, mom that, That's just a, that's a snub, right? It's, mm. it's weird. It, it, to me, that, that stinks of like, it was too much, right? And the mm. Academy says like, okay, like it's easy to go that big. Let's see if you can do yeah. other things, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then for forever after that, his only Oscar nomination then is like for going so small for like leaving Las Vegas, right? Where right. he's not screaming every second. Um, it seems like people don't like it when Nick Cage screams. People don't think it's skilled screaming. Mm -hmm. I think it's really hard. Yeah, it would be so difficult to come across as a human being who feels this intensely about things, right? Yeah, like yeah. it makes sense he loves the opera so much. That's the volume that he likes to communicate. Yeah, at, right? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> As a character, this is this is how he functions, and I think that's that's really brilliant, and it's an incredible yeah. character. And I yeah. don't, I honestly don't think I can't think of one person who could do this this character. I can't think of one person who could do this, right? Because he's not afraid. He's not charming. He's he's sweat. He's introduced. He's sweaty and dirty. His hair is bad. His mm -hmm. posture yeah. is shit. He's got like a humpback mm -hmm. and a wooden hand. And he's really pissed about it. And he likes to talk about how angry he is about it all he's, the time. He's unattractive as you could be. Yes. He's just like, it's just that he's just like, oh man, you know, <laughs> all the time. He smells like garlic. Yes. Like this is a man who smells and sweat only and of garlic. Coal, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> and that that's what that's what's so amazing to me about this and why I really like this question is that I think I think pound for pound here, this already puts him, for my money, this puts him in the in the top ten. Some of the greats. I, I can't imagine someone else doing this. Yeah, I mean, like, like just yeah. try. Will Smith. Can Will Smith do this? No. No. Can Adam Driver do this? He got as close as he ever will with a net. I think. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> or his marriage story to, or marriage story. One of the story. two. <laughs> but he he can get loud, but he does. He's not manic. Yeah. Right. He doesn't have this. He doesn't have the the crazed energy. So. So push back, but. I could see Tom Cruise giving this, mm. giving this a, a B plus. I, I that wouldn't work for a couple. Number one, he's too short. He is, he is short. That yeah. and number two, even though he gets loud and like intense, this is an embarrassing movie. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you don't own this role, this is embarrassing for you yeah. that you're like this. And Tom Cruise does not embarrass himself, right? Yeah, that's he's right. always the cool guy. Or even if he's not cool, he's like he's flawed in some really relatable, lovely way. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or like in Magnolia, where he's just he's nuts. Where he's nuts, but something. 
there's a there's a little something going on with that character. But right? hope. So he's done he's done two <laughs> times where he's been weird, right? Yeah. Magnolia and Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Right. That's right. And yeah. Tropic Thunder, I think, is because he's making fun of someone very specific, right? And in Magnolia, I think he was trying to be different because he I think he wanted that Oscar. I think he wanted the Oscar really really bad. And I think everyone could smell the stank on him, right? Yeah. Like he's in Rain Man, he's in Jerry Maguire, he's killing it at the box office. Everyone loves him. He's bringing, he's in R-rated adult dramas. And they're like, oh, I don't know. He's like, all right, fine. A few good men, okay? I could be in a crowd pleaser. I could spit all the dialogue you want. And they're like, oh, I don't know about that. He's like, what is it gonna take? <laughs> What's it gonna take? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe, yeah, maybe one, maybe one day he would have gone this way if he decided he didn't want it this way. Yeah, yeah. I was I, yeah. like, could Daniel Day Lewis do this? Maybe. Maybe. I don't think he would. Like, not like like if he would take this role, he would have done it well, probably. But he would never take this role. The, he's doing some weird stuff though when he was younger. You know, this is nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah, he still wasn't the Daniel Day Lewis yeah, that we know. Right. I don't know. I was just I was just trying to have yeah, like yeah. a game. Like, yeah. Well, I was thinking about I think that. Jimmy like, Stewart could have done this. Maybe. Maybe Jimmy Stewart too. Huh. Actually, yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah. Huh. I was just thinking about that. I was amazed by this because, like, like every, each one of his scenes, he dials it up further as the scene progresses. He starts high, as high as almost anything I've ever seen. Yeah. And it keeps going. Yeah. Like, in the scene where he's, um, where they're in the in his apartment for the first time and they eventually sleep together. When oh, he, the table? The table! <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was... Like I, I laughed and I was like, "What is happening? <laughs> what is going on?" It was it, it's it's like breathtaking almost in in its extremity. It's so unnecessary and and he just like he commits to it, so it's believable. No one else is that believable. And doing I mean, just this. just to speak about that scene real quick, I yeah. love that scene because it shows, like, she's gonna feed him meat. Bloody meat, like he's an animal, you know. And he's he's just like being being grouchy and shitty. And he's like, I like my steak well done. She's like, you'll you'll I'll make it bloody. The blood's good for your blood, <laughs> you know. And he's like, he's like, and he gives him the whiskey and he eats it, you know. And it's it's just like having a wild animal in your house. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. He tracks shit in. He doesn't take off his shoes. He stinks. He's really sweaty. His hair is bad. <laughs> you got yourself a dog with extra steps. Like, <laughs> like I'm gonna cook you a steak. Yeah. Anything else? No, just the steak. Yeah. And whiskey. Steak and whiskey. <laughs> yeah. So, um, to answer your question, yes. I think I think judging on this movie, I'm saying yes, this is this is one of the greatest actors ever lived. I mean, we're doing Con Air next. Oh, um, yeah. Oh yeah. <sighs> we're doing Con Air next. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. His mullet's gonna do most of his work. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, I had a game this week. Oh, a game? Okay, so we're starting a new thing where uh, we are going to have, every week we're going to have a game master, all right? And the game master is going to determine what game we're going to play, okay? All right. So this week, since we're just trying this out and I, I wasn't really sure what we wanted to do, um, I came up with a pretty easy one. Um, so I'm going to read off, I have four letterbox reviews that okay. I really, really liked, okay? All that right. I thought were amazing. And we're going to vote on which is the number one. So I picked four. That way, one's going to get left out in the cold, and hopefully we're going to have a consensus on at least one. Right? Okay. So this is from Letterboxd reviewer Saffron on a five-star review of Moonstruck. Me. 
oh, hey, I guess this is a pretty early Nick Cage role, so maybe it'll be a more subtle performance from him. Nick Cage screams and waves his wooden hand around. Me, hmm, maybe not. <laughs> like, that's exactly how I felt, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah! <laughs> same, same. So that, that's one from Saffron. Uh, this one's from Kyle Dunn on a four-star review of Moonstruck. Wind shares, hair hits your eye like the 4th of July, that's amore. When Nick Cage has no hand but his arms, scream, a man, that's amore. <laughs> that's great. I like that uh, one. Um, this is from Benjamin on a five-star review of Moonstruck. I have a lot of thoughts in this movie, but my main thesis is that Nick Cage is a sweaty, hairy snack, and I would go to the opera with him anytime. <laughs> there, there, yeah. Um, and finally, this is from M. Chasen on a five-star review of Moonstruck. Cher is going to marry Wario, but then she falls in love with Waluigi. And it's flawless? <laughs> um, yeah, so we got those We got those four. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, just in terms of, of sheer creativity, I'm going to go with Kyle Dunn's um, reinterpretation of That's Amore. Mm. I think that one's really fantastic. Uh, this is very good. What, what do you guys think? I, the, the first one was, was actually describing my experience of watching this movie. Um, so it's hard to screams and waves wouldn't hand around. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so I, I think I, I just have to go with that. That was actually my that that could have been me writing that. It wasn't me, but it, <laughs> just to be clear, that was not me writing that. But you're not yeah. saffron. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saffron. Nice. How about you, Mike? Waluigi? The Waluigi, the Waluigi one did it for, one did it for me. Yeah, I like it because it's like Wario, and I was like, yeah, Danny oh, yeah. does look like. It's like, it does look like Wally Wiggy. Whoa! I wish I put things together that well. <laughs> I don't know my Nintendo well enough. Yeah. But if, okay, that, that, just a quick separate question before we move on. Okay, if Nick Cage is Wally Wiggy, who's Mario? Tom Cruise? He's kind of dumpy, though. It's definitely I mean, like I know real life. Mario, <laughs> is he a plumber? He's not a plumber. Oh, okay. He's a teacher. Oh, so not a plumber. I don't know. Well, you know, you know, who Mario definitely is not though. Who is is Chris Pratt, who is cast as the voice of Mario in the upcoming Mario oh, movie? Right. <laughs> no, the guy who played Mario in the other Mario movies. Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we are we have not had a clear winner here, but uh, for a little movie. You know, I'm going to shout out uh, all, all you Letterbox users here, but uh, thank you so much, Letterbox, for letting us use your platform as a podcast. Um, and other people can Agreed. be Agreed. Agreed. Uh, well, do we have anything else we want to mention? Any any last thoughts on Moonstruck before we, we put it away? I was just glad to see that that uh, Cher was able to believe in life after love. <laughs> <laughs> really good. <laughs> It's really good. She did do. She seriously did. <laughs> he died. Amazing. You know. Yeah. yeah. She had to move back home. And she was strong enough to live without him. <laughs> <laughs> and if she could turn back time, I'm sure she would have saved him. She would push him out of the way of that bus. Of the bus. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, man. Good job. I was. I was. Saving this up, <laughs> kind of like, kind of like you know, Cher wanted me to save up all my tears. You know? <laughs> Is this why you went to the bathroom? Were you practicing this in the mirror? 
Uh, 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 all right, all right. Uh, uh, any, any, any more, JP? Uh, before we ask our final question. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> Not at this point. <laughs> Not at this point. All right. Well, in that case, Nito, is this a dad movie? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay. I uh, This is going to be a romantic comedy that I would be um, proud for my kids to, to see and think of me using, you know, using Jesse's metric of, of a dad movie. And also, like, for my own, um, I mean, I, I, I would watch this by myself. I watched this with my wife, and it was, it was great. I'd love to watch it with her again. I'd love to go back to certain scenes just by myself, like... This is such a thoughtful and, and heartfelt movie that has a lot going on underneath the skin. Um, it's a lot more complex than a lot of movies like this are. And I, and I really love that about it. And I, and I want to shout it out like from the rooftops. People should see this. And I have to say here real quick, too, the only reason that this was even on my radar, too, was my, my friend Katie. I don't, know if, I don't know if Katie listens to the show, but if she does, there was one time we were standing in my carport in my old apartment. And we were talking about movies from our childhood. And she brought up Moonstruck because she grew up in Queens. And she said that this was a lot like her relationship with her mom. And this watching this movie with her mom like really felt like a coming home for her. And I just always That's remembered cool. that about Moonstruck is that my friend Katie it reminded her of growing up. And I was like, dang, I want to watch that someday. And I did and I loved it. <laughs> so it's a dad movie. Thanks, Katie. We didn't talk about that scene when Shira's kicking the can across the road. Yeah. I just yeah. want to say that was, that was a great. That was a really nice scene. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that scene. Good can kicking. Yeah. Yeah. JP, is this a dad movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I don't really know what, why. It just, it just is, right? It's just, it's a movie that I am a dad and I like this movie and I would like to show it to my children. I, yeah. 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 I mean, I, okay. I. Just, just I guess what I was saying before though, I just it just feels very, very human. I think, yeah. um, and and it and it seems like, in spite of all the, uh, dysfunctional moments in this movie, it it does seem like there's a lot of very healthy family relationships going on underneath it. it that that there's yeah, which allows kind of that, the the kind of neat and tidy wrap up at the end of the movie actually felt very believable right because yeah. you're like this this family actually is a strong stable family and something weird's going on here P things are out of whack and and well the the moon's coming in and restoring the the yeah. balance that should have been there all along right, right. Yeah. yeah so I, I don't know I, I just think it's i think it's great to when there's when there's movies that that portray um Right, right, tension in a in a reasonable way within a family, not not just like these ridiculous toxic blow ups that you're like, how is this? Like, I don't want to see this, right? But 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 real like believable family tension, but then also, yeah, just actually a a being resolved in in a in a good way, right? And really just showing a a a strong healthy family relationship is this is actually the the ideal, right? This is a really beautiful and good thing, right? Which mm -hmm. what this movie really does does portray that yeah absolutely yeah. mike i think it's a dad movie um it's kind of a it's a special mode of dad movie it's 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 i mean it's it's a movie i want to see with my wife again i love i love watching movies like this with my wife um and uh it's a ton of fun family relationships are are beautiful uh hope i'm never in this situation with anybody <laughs> uh any of the members here um i i just um one of the things that i thought was just really powerful was uh the dad 
dad who's kind of just a, a shitty person throughout the time that you see him in the movie he says um he kind of gives us an explanation for, <clears throat> for why he did it we get that like oh he's afraid of death but it's a little more than that he says um uh sometimes i something like sometimes i you know you wake up and you realize that your life is built on nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the wife says, like, your life isn't built on nothing. Like, Te amo. I've you got know. you, babe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good job. Nice. Good job. <laughs> I just thought that was that was beautiful. Um, I feel that sometimes, right? Like, like, man, like, what am I, what is this life? Like, what is it uh, built on? And this is obviously not my life, um, but one of the wonderful things about um, my wife is she helps me to realize that there's a lot more uh, than sometimes I can even see. I think that's a really true thing about relationships in general, and that's yeah. that's a yeah. deep, a deep little thing that this movie has. A lot of yeah. deep little things in in this really fun um, comedy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Like he thinks that his his marriage his life is built on that on that pipe. You know, yeah. There's three kinds of pipe. There's a pipe you got, which oh, is yeah. garbage. <laughs> then there's the brass pipe. It's okay. It's fine. Then there's copper. It's the most expensive because it's the best. I only work with copper. Yeah. There you go. It's all there. I like though that he names the three type three types, and the first one is the one that you have. Yeah, it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> What's the material? Trash. It's made out of trash. He's just like scraping at it. And, like... <laughs> So <laughs> um, oh, we forgot to ask. Uh, uh, oh, so we, yes, it's a threefold dad movie. Uh, love to hear back from Jesse about how, what he thinks of this oh, movie. Yeah. But um, when, so obviously we all will show yeah. it to our kids. But if we had to quickly choose an age, I for a win, I would say like this is a this is a twelve to fourteener. I think because they they they're definitely having sex in this movie, um, and it's a pretty messed up little exchange there. It's really fun. In, in the way you're pointing to, you know, like sort of like a Shakespearean kind of comedy of errors sort of way, and that in that case, you, you know, it kind of goes past it. But there's some there's some raw passion here. Yeah, you know, some animalistic passion. Just a little bit of animalistic passion in this movie. Yeah, and I kind of just wanted like uh, I don't know, you got to be a little bit old enough to where that you know I mean, any any teenager sees this, are going to be a little embarrassed. But, yeah, but you don't. You, it's fun enough that I think it can it can go over well. So I'm going to say the 12 to 14 range in there somewhere. Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the right age, and and again, I guess I, yeah, I don't I don't have kids that age yet, so uh, can't say for sure. But I, I'm just trying to think back of when I was that age. I think yeah, I think I could have because it's complicated, but it might right. be like fun at that age because it's complicated, right? Trying like work yeah, it out. and I guess and and okay, so that that's what's that is something interesting about this movie. Now that you're now that you're talking about what age, right? And it really really forced me to, to think about this. I think that if I had seen this at, at you know, twelve to fourteen, right? I, I would have, I would have enjoyed it, but there's just so much. There's so much here underneath the surface that that you can only begin to appreciate once you've once you've entered adulthood. I, I think um, had like a genuine relationship with a human being. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, experienced. I don't know, experienced loss and and just you know whether of, of loved ones or, or just even of of you know youth of your own youth right where you're just going gosh like looking back and you know with, with some years to look back on and go gosh i remember when i was that age and now i'm here right and 
And, uh, you know, even when I first saw this, I must have been, I don't know, what, 20, 23, maybe. And I feel like even the difference between then and now, I, I appreciate it so much more watching it now, right? Just because so much, so much life has happened for me between then and now. And, and, and just being, I, I don't know, the different moments, right? Being able to, to kind of see a little bit deeper into the older characters, especially, and, and go, yeah, like, I don't know what it's like to be that age yet, but I feel like I have a much better idea now than, than I did before, right? Um, so yeah, I, sorry, that was, that was really, that was really long winded. I, I think, yeah, I think 12 to 14 would be great, but, be but something they have to come back. To. You have to come back to it. Yeah. 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 Oh, dude, I'm older. I, I think I'm going to do it old. Like I can't imagine like sitting down 16 or 17, but it's like a movie that my daughter has put on during like a sleepover. And then like, I'm around cause I'm like right. making the popcorn for them or whatever. And then yeah. like, you know, I sort of come into the room and like, like I sit on the, the, the edge of the couch and I'm like, I push my daughter over and like <laughs> like make her squeeze over so that I have more room on the couch than anyone else and, and I'm just like yeah this movie is amazing like Nick Cage what an actor but I can't like like other than that or like when they've graduated when they're like in college or whatever I can't really see myself sitting down and being like I don't care if I go to hell I don't care if you go to hell <laughs> you know like I don't know I can see that being I, I don't like, know. like I think I used to be a little like, like convincing like, for a fourteen-year-old girl, right? I don't think so. I hope not. I don't because it's Nick because it's Nick Cage. Yeah, right. Like I think it's the, the pheromones don't make it through the screen. You know? <laughs> so whatever like intoxication he's got share under with his animal. I just want my fourteen-year-old daughter to be obsessed with nineteen eighty-seven Nick Cage. You know, mm, like I see. I, yes, I mean, that's it. I think I I think this would be like in the context of like a family movie night for me when I was like thirteen or fourteen. And then we laugh and we watch yeah. it and it's fun. And I, I just want it to be around yeah. more than anything. Like, I don't want this to be a a, a moment to like, we're showing you Moonstruck. Yeah. yeah I want them yeah. to know about yeah. Moonstruck and yeah. like, we could do the lines and the, I want it to be more like a family thing. You know, you know, like we talked about some of the Westerns, like right. you're not necessarily focused on the, the minutia of the movie. Yeah. It's just, it's an experience that we all do together. Yeah. Mom and dad like Moonstruck. So I watch Moonstruck with mom and dad. I like it with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's sort of it's not a movie that you show them, but it's like they're up late and like you turn it on. Yes, you and your wife are yeah. like, we want to have a romantic moment, but we're exhausted. Yeah, so here's Moonstruck. Well, also, I mean, it's like a thirteen or fourteen year old. Like, I'm not making them go to bed at eight o'clock. Yeah, There's, they can be in the house too. I'm just gonna be watching this. Yeah, and you know, thank God I'm not watching like Law and Order SVU. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it's just because the the. Uh... I mean, this may be just be too obvious that that it's a you know Italian American movie, right? But I, I think of a, it, it it reminds me a little bit of, of the first Rocky movie in a certain way. Um, I mean, again, there's there's that there's that really basic element of, of that, you know, the, the Italian, probably first generation American, right? And and um, but there's yeah, there's there's something about that. I, I remember when I I first watched Rocky, I must have been. I don't think I watched the thing the whole way through, but I watched a lot of it. Like just as my, you know, yeah. you know, as my family was watching, I'd come in and out and see and and just really like, I must, I don't know, I was probably ten or twelve or something, and 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 it just made such an impression on me, right? Yeah. And and it was, and and there were parts of it, right? When I when I actually like went back and watched the Rocky movies like intentionally as an adult, like I'm just gonna watch them all, and, and it really, I was like, I was like, wow, like like so much more than resonated with me watching it again a, a second you know a third time right but 
but yeah, I think I think there is something about that, like like you're saying, Vito, is, is having the just having it around, right? And for for the kids and just having that kind of cultural touch point or something, yeah. just a, a point of reference, I think. And and I think Moonstruck is another one of those movies like that where it just it's it's just like it's it's just a, about experiencing this this part of American culture, right? That's 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 there. That's that's really a big part of, of you know big influence of who we are as a country, right? And and just you kind of you just kind of need that a little bit as a, as a kid just to experience that somehow. Yeah, I agree. Like, like yeah, that's, that's, that's what we do as a family, right? Is we make our own cultures, right? Mm-hmm. Reflective of who we are and where we came from, and like at least for me, like. Just what you were saying too, like I, I want this to be in my culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is what I want in there because, like, I think of my dad. I think of a lot of movies. Yeah. I think of my mom. I think of a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, I think of my family. You know, some big ones. I'm sure, it's the same as most people's, but they were special to us because of what we took out of them. Like, I know The Incredibles is a part of everyone's family, yeah. but it's a part of my family. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, JP, for coming in, and uh, really appreciate you being here. I, uh, yeah, love love being here as always. You know the. Beat goes on, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Strong landing. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was a little forced. You stuck it. You stuck it. It's okay. You, you should close all your every time you're on the pod. Just like beat goes on, man. Beat goes on. <laughs> um, for all of us at Chantry Fathers Movies, I'm Vito. I'm Mike. I'm JP. Good night.